The Greening Cyberspace, and welcome to episode 88 of the Double Density Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. So first things first, Angelo, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. I really hope that this is the last time you wish Happy New Year to me in 2019. Well, we so, well, uh, Let's keep that uh, a lid on that for the moment. We're going to talk about that next week. But firstly, let us pull back <sighs> the covers and wish Happy New Year to our two guests, Sam Fredrickson of the Not Alone Podcast, as well as Rob Christopherson from Our Strange Guys. Guys, welcome to the episode. It is I, the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Hello. Good to see you. I'm glad that we're still doing this in January, guys. Good. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy New Year's, guys. Uh, it's um, I think you need to tr- keep the tradition going at least until July because oh, you kind of yeah. you kind of wussed out there like after a couple months. So it's true. I think it was until May pretty much like I think yeah. May ended it, but I will. I might keep it strong. We'll see. Yeah. You can tell a lot about the character of a man in his commitment to goofs. And uh, <laughs> I got to say, your character seems to be lacking this year, Brian. So Wow. wow. Shape you up. Know what? So um, towards the end of the episode, I kind of want to discuss like uh, like New Year's resolution, like, you know, just ideas for 2019. So I feel like let's file that away for later where you can berate me at length about my lack of character. Good. Good. <laughs> Um, so, uh, firstly, yeah, once again, guys, uh, happy new year. And I'd like to ask you how Christmas went, but of course this is a pre-recorded show, so I can't do that. Let's just assume that you, you both had like the best Christmases of all time. Um, Santa uh, came down your chimneys, you caught him, you have selfies with Santa. This is great. Congrats guys. Well, Okay. That's fine with me. I, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm I'm cool with the fantasy land Christmas right now. If I had to pick a specific if, if I'm going to shape it around a Christmas movie, I'm going Muppet Christmas Carol. If you can make it happen, something like that, I would be appreciative. Okay, I'll put a call in. I'll fax someone. I, I'd prefer Die Hard. Die Hard, really? Yeah. Die Hard. Listen, Bruce Willis has stated that is not a Christmas movie. You need to move on. <laughs> Rob, question, throw to you. Why specifically, what element specifically from a Muppet Christmas Carol is not in the original Christmas Carol that you had to distinctify between the two that way? Uh, There's Muppets in this one. So you just want your Christmas to be full of ghosts and Muppets. Is that that what I'm hearing? Also, just FYI, Michael Caine. Don't forget about Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with a good Michael Caine, uh, especially he's singing, he's dancing, well, that's he's, true. he's got great dialogue. It's it's all there. Sam, you're, if you had to idealize um, a, a holiday Whoa. movie to live through uh, as your Christmas wish, what would it be? Probably a Santa Claus. And here's why. Because I rewatched that film very recently, just like less than a week ago at the time of this recording. And I realized that at the very beginning when Santa, and I'm doing air quotes right now, falls off the roof, that that is, <laughs> that is actually the climax of a plan that had been put in place by the elves and the reindeer in order to create a more moldable leader. Somebody who's not so Ooh. dead set in his ways. Somebody who could be influenced. And this is really evidenced by the fact that when they go back to the North Pole, no one gives a crap that Santa's dead. They just move <laughs> forward. So, Angela, can you put in the Inception sound like right here for me? so i I, what i'm picking up from this is like this is communist propaganda it's a communist propaganda film that's what you're telling me and i want to star in it (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I would depict, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. It's one of my favorites. It's also super weird. It is a 1959 movie called Santa Claus. Very simply, it is a Mexican movie. And basically, uh, Santa Claus and Merlin the Wizard live in a cloud city with children. And an agent of the devil named Pitch goes down to Earth to entice children to do bad deeds so that he uh, can sort of like look better in the eyes of his boss, the devil. And Santa uses a menagerie of tricks and tips and toys that he, Merlin, and the kids have put together to defeat Pitch. I think you brought this up on last year's Christmas, uh, well, I guess two years ago, 2017's Christmas episode we did. For sure. I love that thing. Why Why are we celebrating It's a Wonderful Life instead of this film? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, excellent question. I, uh, I'm i not sure. I'm I, not sure. I, I'm at a loss for, on this one. Revisionist history here, guys. I'd love to see Jimmy Stewart play Merlin. Double density. So, so why do we bring Rob and Sam here tonight? What, what's the what's the idea behind this this episode, Brian? Well, we kind of want to do like a roundtable discussion of the things that happened in 2018, both in tech and the paranormal, and sort of talk about um, highlights as well as some things that are sort of like going on for 2019 for everyone, sort of uh, at this virtual roundtable too. Um, so, why don't we start with the tech side of things? Uh, I'm not sure who put this in the show notes, but there's a question here that I want everyone to sort of think about. And it's, uh, has Taylor Swift created Skynet by using facial recognition software at her concerts? I think that was Rob who shoved that, that in there. That was me. <laughs> I put that in there. <laughs> well, now that's interesting. I So I think it's because she's been having uh, these uh, some facial recognition software to, to kind of like weed out the stalkers that show up at her shows. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty brilliant to do. And as we all know, Taylor Swift is brilliant. Uh, and Here we go. She's <laughs> been... She's been doing, uh, she's done really well for herself this year. She has a Netflix special uh, that's been out for a couple of days at this point. I hope you all have watched it. And um, is she creating Skynet? I don't know if she's going to do that just yet. Uh, Rob, you think she's creating Skynet? I ask myself that question every time somebody messes with an AI of some kind or if your Boston Dynamics and your weird oh. robot dogs can do strange <laughs> things that weird robot dogs shouldn't be able to do, I start to question, are we living in a Terminator-like universe now? Is this the direction that we're going? And, you know, I don't think we're there yet, but I, I think the potential is high, and I think it's never been higher before. Well, who knows what's going to happen uh, with your president between now and the time this episode comes out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I worry sometimes about uh, the people at the helm of all this stuff. So the interesting thing, too, though, uh, this software has been in existence for a long time. Like your employer, my previous employer uses this kind of thing, like this exact kind of software, facial recognition to catch people on campus who are problematic. Yes, I know. You've mentioned that before. I, I just hide my face every time I walk around campus. Yeah, you wear like a fake mustache? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so the the question then is, do Canadians have Skynet? Like Skynet's really nice when it crushes us. Sorry, <laughs> we hurt you. <laughs> Double density. On like the tech note, I am actually really excited to say I my wife got us these ancestry DNA kits for Christmas, and oh. we're we're just days away now from taking a stick full of our saliva and mailing it to a lab to tell me where I came from, uh, and that I'm pretty excited about. Are you worried about your privacy concerns? Because once you hand off your DNA, it's someone else's property to do with as they wish, right? So they can use this in clinical trials. They can use it to identify you because there's nothing more personal than your DNA, right? So just keep that in mind when you do it. 
God, you sound like a Republican. This is wild. <laughs> I have no problem with ancestry DNA. Uh, I looked into it actually a little bit and I found that 23andMe, of course, has been doing a lot of like, not unauthorized because you're right. You signed the paperwork and you did it uh, of testing and, and stuff like that. I don't know if Ancestry does the same sort of stuff or not. Personally, I'm really not too worried. Um, I think that the benefits outweigh the the potential issues. And and okay. to give you this idea anyway, I fully support the idea, and I'm not even being sarcastic, of a national DNA database to begin with. So like, I'd, I'd have no problem with that. So in a roundabout way, Sam is advocating for a different kind of Skynet. Yes. Yeah. A kinder <laughs> yeah. Skynet. Listen, as long as you're aware of what you are doing when you hand your gene over, like I don't have any problems with that. As long as you like and you've made the concerted effort of like researching things, which is a much larger step than I'd say ninety nine percent of people do. I just want to know if I'm a Viking or not. <laughs> I hey, I'm I'm there with you because I I did the ancestry DNA and I am forty seven percent Scandinavian. So oh my hey. god. Yeah. There's a good chance I stormed some countries here. And I'm just going to say you bones. did. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's pretty much implied. That's overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. It, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty Italian. You think so? Yeah. Really, yeah. Mr. Fiorentino? <laughs> <laughs> it could be a name by marriage. You don't know. Maybe he took his wife's name. True. That's totally fair. Uh, so next up on the docket is the question. Uh, I guess this is another Rob classic. Uh, are Cambridge Analytica <laughs> and Facebook just heaps of garbage? I do love the term heaps of garbage and uh, very easily. Yes. And this kind of brings me into my talking about my 2019 resolution, but I'm, I'm going to talk about it now. I feel like I'm going to get rid of Facebook real soon. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hardly use it at all now. And the only reason poor Brian stuck with it is that he uh, is VP of social media at uh, Double Density Industries. <laughs> and he's stuck answering questions and stuff on Facebook. But we don't even have a Facebook group or anything. So I rarely go in there. No, yeah, we have a page. And um, yeah, I, I'm pretty close to getting rid of it as well completely. But I'm not sure yet. I don't know. Uh, will it affect my Instagram account? That's my question. No. No, okay, so not, then, yeah. a, not at all. Uh, okay. Instagram will be fine. Uh, I, I'm in that dilemma because, like, I do have a group, and, like, mm-hmm. while I value it, at the same time, I just, I'm I'm over Facebook. I'm yeah. over, like, uh, the thing about Facebook is, like, it is this accumulation of small town and, and city-wide drama. Like it, it has been for over a decade and I kind of want to, you know, just expunge that from my life. Yes, absolutely. And I think at a certain point, probably 2019, definitely 2020, I'll be getting rid of it. Rob, I feel like you've echoed a lot of what uh, my reasoning is too. I just, I just feel there's a lot there. It's kind of like this weird, like dead mall almost of like my memories and I don't care about them anymore. And the people I want to talk to, like you guys, I make a concerted effort to, to talk to you through other means that are less invasive. Yeah. Like a, you know, a Twitter DM is, yes. uh, is, is very nice. Um, even, even an Instagram DM is preferable over Facebook right now. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And yeah. I don't have family on Facebook. Like there's no one there tying me down to Facebook in a meaningful way either. So I feel like for me, it's easy um, to push off. But for you, Angela, like you have uh, like family, close family who has Facebook. I feel like you might use it once in a while for those sorts of things. I actually don't anymore. And my, my mom, who's uh, a 79 year old Italian uh, is like, by marriage that. or no, by, by <laughs> okay. birth. Uh, they, they, my, you know, my parents wonder, it's like, what happened? Why don't you post pictures of the kids on Facebook? And I tell them, I don't like Facebook because, uh, so you try explaining security issues to, uh, <laughs> to old school Italian parents who just started using a computer maybe 10 years ago, if that. Well, just tell them it's like someone's taking a picture of your passport and your SIN card, like all these things. Yeah. I've got an even better way. So, do you remember, what was it, a couple years ago when somebody basically took the Apple uh, terms of service and, and put it into a graphic novel form? Which oh, I yeah. actually am staring at right now, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you give them that, I think they'll be okay. They'll be able to follow along. Okay. I And I'm I'm very close to just turning it off, and I have nothing in there really that I care about. There's yeah. every picture that I ever posted there, I have somewhere else. Uh, as Brian knows, I have several backups of my photos. Uh, we can go into that if you want, Brian. Uh, no, Please, I by believe all means. you've gone into that numerous <laughs> okay. times. You've even had to upgrade the amount of storage space on the cloud. I know this story. Angela. Oh, thanks. Okay. Oh, so okay. else, finally. I'm glad yeah. Rob is here to stop me. What about you, Sam? How do you feel about Facebook and, you know, going into 2019? You know, I have the same sort of a situation where I pretty much don't, I almost never post. Usually when I'm posting, it's uh, just about every two years uh, around a, a political election season or something like that. I do still value it because the the when I left high school, I... I unfriended like 95% of the people the day I graduated. And now mm -hmm. as time goes on, I've had a few people that I've been like, you know what? I actually really enjoyed that person. I don't know why I did that. I was just being an edgy little kid. And so I've, I've refriended them and we've talked again. I think what it comes down to though, is those are all just secondary excuses I have for the real reason, which is that I do still have the podcast and, and yes. right. Right. It is just that necessary evil there. And not to mention, though, once I get out of my like main feed, first off, I have created for myself a lovely little echo chamber. And the very moment, <laughs> the very moment someone posts something that just does not sit with me, I just, I don't unfriend them. I just unfollow them. And literally. Right. Which is the, the, like the gentleman's way of doing it. Exactly. Yes. Or the coward's way. Either. <laughs> either way. I literally can go, I can scroll for 15, 20 minutes before I see something that even begins to like piss me off. And some people will, they'll say that, well, that's an echo chamber. You're not listening to both sides. And it's like, well, I posit to you that I don't have to, you know, like yeah. it's better for me to be happy and, and not be upset every day than for me to mm -hmm. have a balanced political view. But honestly, well, I listen to both sides when the other side's always wrong. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go that far, <laughs> but I will say that it, it just gets to be in this, this political climate that it, there are times when it is better to remove yourself from the conversation because you know that you're not capable of engaging in it in a mature way. And that's what I've done. Now, as I move away from my newsfeed and things like that, though, I find a lot of joy in the podcast. It's not even just a, 
you know, shackle. It's not just holding me there. I find so much joy going to our uh, our community page and seeing the different memes and the different jokes and and comments that people have to the point where I what I've done and have been doing for quite a while is I delete the Facebook app off of my mobile devices. That Zoom. way I have to be intentional. I have to say, okay, I'm typing in facebook.com. Anything other than that, you know, it's it's fine. But at the end of the day, I still do spend way too much time on my phone, which in iOS 12, screen time has really just oh pounded boy. home to me every single week. So mm. that's my bigger goal there. Just tell yourself it's part of your job. You're training people on how to use these devices. So you should have uh, some uh, some leeway there. Angelo, the, the I don't time. think you properly understand how often I am just sitting in the back of the store playing on an iPad. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to do that outside of work. Double density. One of my favorite Rob moves of 2018 is the continual uh, meme creation for, for Sam's group. Oh, yeah. Like, when you do that, you tend to do it in waves. And I love that because I... I never expected, and then suddenly you're like, "Here's like three really good ones." Well, the, th- <laughs> the thing was, is like when they put out the call for memes, I think everybody was nervous about it. I don't think anybody was fully on board, and I'm like, "No, I gotta, I gotta kick this thing off right." And then once I did that, the memes started rolling in. We have we have some real pillars of the meme community at this point. Rob's one yeah. of them. Our good friend Austin, he's another one. Austin sent me a real life meme. He mailed me, for all intents and purposes, a meme about the show. So these are the <laughs> <laughs> these are the kind of people we have on our side, and uh, it's why we will level. overcome you and defeat you. (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, you have such memeable content. Andrew D. Basiago is endlessly memeable. He's the man who will one day be president, my friend. The real and true Lincoln lawyer. The once and future president. (laughs) Yes. And with all these different social medias, like I always look back to the place Sam and I met and it was on freaking Reddit. Mm Mm-hmm. I used to be real. I, every day, not every day, every week, I would post in like the new episodes thing. I would stay up until the moment. Yeah. The moment that it came out, I'd keep refreshing my phone and I'd make sure I was the very first person to post in it when I could. And now I don't even write full episode descriptions. (laughs) And you know what? (laughs) It's better this way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, trying less in 2019 seems like an idea that you might have in mind. Sam. Oh yes, most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think realistically, what 2019 should be is more efficient use of your time. Just yes, oh, no, that's good. use. Yes, yeah, I'm good like, with that. See you later, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up on the docket is something that I know is both near and dear to Sam and Angela's heart. Uh, Rob and I are adults and less so. Uh, did Angelo cheat on his family briefly with Stardew Valley, which is something we've talked about? Angelo is the video game man between the both of us. He loves playing video games. He loves talking about them to pretty much anyone who listen uh, on and off the podcast, including family, uh, probably his wife, uh, coworkers, <laughs> people on the street, people on the train. Um, so Angelo, Stardew Valley, you kind of became obsessed with for a while before you decided to move over to Smash for the moment until the next big shiny thing comes along. I wouldn't say obsessed. I enjoyed Stardew Valley. Bro, um, no, Angelo, no, no, no. No. Angelo. Every day no, for like three no. weeks. Angelo, I okay. will say that more often than not, when I turned on my Switch in the last few months, <laughs> you've been playing Stardew Valley. <laughs> okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. I did well for myself. I, I, at one point, my farm was so was run so well that I was making money hand over fist. 
I built a robust business. I created something that will outlast me. I've crafted a legacy for myself. I had kegs going. I crafted a legacy that will be impacted by farming regulations later on. That is the thing. There are no regulations in Stardew Valley. It's basically a libertarian farm regulations are introduced into the game, sir. It will happen. But uh, all that to say, Stardew Valley is a great game. Do your did you forget your kid's name at any point? No. Were you like playing Stardew Valley and your kid is like dad and you're like, oh, what is it? Um, uh, son. Yeah. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> do you know what a- Angelo's foray into Stardew Valley reminded me of? It reminded me of reading um, David Jacobs' Secret Life for the first time. <laughs> <Whoa>. Because he's <laughs> talking about how That's these people wild. have normal lives. But on the other hand, they have these lives where they're abducted by aliens and all this weird stuff happens to them. I think... Stardew Valley is the alien abduction of today in video oh, wow. game format. Do you have any missing time, Angelo? Maybe. I keep <laughs> dreaming about <laughs> Days a farm. Of it, I'm sure. Yeah, so, so Sam Sam will agree with me, but Stardew Valley is a really strange game at times as well. Yeah. Like you you go into like caves and there's weird monsters in there. Sometimes you you go on this weird trip with people from the town. It's very bizarre. I I have not played nearly as much as Angelo, and when I have played, I've used it as true escapism. I don't want, even in my fantasies, I don't want people giving me things to do. And so I just farm, and then I take all of my, my remaining energy for the day, and I go fish, and then I go to sleep. Oh. And I really have not progressed the plot at all, but there was one day I was walking to go fishing, and this guy was like, come here. And I went over, and we went into this abandoned <laughs> building, and there was like a goblin or something. And I was like, what yes. the hell is going on here? I had no idea what was happening. It was terrifying. That's the community center. Yes, it I is. I rebuilt it. Wow, you're my hero. Yes. <laughs> I make um, I make like I make like sixty or seventy thousand dollars a day now. Holy crap. That's wild. Yeah. I have so much money I have no idea what to do with it anymore. Wow. If only this were real life, Angelo. I know. Sadly, it is yeah, not. well uh, great jo- <laughs> great job, Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sam, Angelo, you're both on the Smash train right now, right? Yes. 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 How's that going? Have you played each other? No, we haven't. No, I don't. I'm know too why. nervous. I know. I'm also. I'm not very good at Smash. Oh, really? You'd probably be better than I am. But uh, I finally got all 74 characters. Actually, my five-year-old son got most of them. Nice. And uh, yeah, he's been. We've been enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. It's just such a nostalgia bomb, too. Like the music, the the, the different levels. Like I love the Castlevania stuff because it. Mm-hmm. The music from Castlevania, I've always really enjoyed it. So it's fun to hear those remixes. And uh, there's a remix of, I think, Guile's theme from Street Fighter done by Yuzu Koshiro, which is really cool because he did all the great Genesis music. Uh, all that to say that 2019, there might be a tournament in between you two being set up. You know what? You know what I'm seeing? I'm, I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing six months worth of like, you know, promos, like wrestling type promos <laughs> oh, here. Oh, for sure. Like just straight shoots. Up. Yeah, I just call into Not Alone one day and just like start berating Sam. <laughs> start just yeah, talking. Exactly. Jason has no idea what's going on. Exactly, yeah. and like you kind of need to have. Maybe I'll be that special guest referee where, yes, like oh, yeah, I'll yeah. be like Mike Tyson when it was uh, Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels back in '98, and oh, then yeah. you know just get in the middle of that, and then I, I pick you, a side. 
how do you think that Smash Bros works? What? <laughs> this is this is external to the actual video game. Okay. We're just- we're just Rob is going over to Angela's place and standing over him as he plays <laughs> against you. He's not that far. <laughs> Get here in two I'm hours, Rob. F- I'm only a few hours away. Yeah. I'm not that far from the border. So. Just imagine trying to explain that to the border. Hey, guys, I got to go stand over a guy while he plays a video game. Yeah, listen, Smash Bros, it's going down. I got to get there from my bro, okay? <laughs> what? Yeah. It's funny. Brian, Brian often invites our American guests to cross the border with strange border crossing stories. I'm, yeah, like I'm, I'm really ready. into this idea. So I think that you should all think about this. Uh, let's revisit this idea in, in June. All right, um, all right. All that to say, I feel <laughs> like me and Rob's version of this is we trade uh, Spotify links for albums and like get enthused about it. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. time. yeah. Um, and it's a very enjoyable, uh, uh, not costly because like video games cost money, right? And it's very aggravating and you always have to buy new ones and the kids won't leave you alone. So I'm cool with this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm totally down with it. I'm totally down with, yo, Brian, if you listen to this and you're like, <laughs> no, dude. And I'm like, you go, go enjoy, <laughs> enjoy it. We talked about stuff about tech that makes us sad and annoyed with Facebook and all that. Uh, what about like stuff we've been happy about with with tech this year, like things that have come into our lives or changes we've made regarding technology? Like, I'll, let me start with an example. Like this year, I switched from using GarageBand uh, to edit this podcast to Logic Pro, like really early in the year, and uh, what a difference it made in my workflow. Yeah, man. I really like using Logic Pro. A lot of people complain about it that it's a little too heavy-handed for podcasting and it really is. Like it's it's magical for music creation. A little too much stuff for podcasting, but what you can do with it, just a few little things made such a huge mm-hmm. difference in how quickly I can get through a podcast. Totally. It, You're all about those compressors, Angelo. Just I am. That's going to come up later. All over it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I uh I I know I'm not going to I know I'm not going to make any friends by saying this. I know I'm standing alone in this and that's fine. Uh I know what I'm about to say is not a very popular opinion, but I just got to say Apple has hit it out of the park this year for me, guys. I am overjoyed by this this freaking company. And mainly what it comes down to, in addition to all of the technology that they make that I use every day, there was a day where I sat and did an inventory of myself and my life to this point, and I realized that I own everything that Apple makes, every single product category, (laughs) at least once. Um, the only thing that I don't own is an iMac, but I do have a MacBook, 15-inch MacBook Pro, so I figured I can... So you own a Mac. Yeah, exactly. You're, You're good. But really what it comes down to for me, as a lot of listeners... We've alluded to it on this show. I've alluded to it on our other show. I used to be a technician for Apple, a repair guy. Now I am a a teacher, a trainer for Apple. And so I've started using that technology differently. And although I haven't really upgraded my stuff yet, I'm looking at getting a new iPad in the new year and, and stuff like that. Like I've gone ahead and started using GarageBand and like live loops Mm -hmm. to make music on my iPad. And I've started using uh, Procreate and I got an Apple Pencil to like try to learn how to do art and stuff like that. And I am loving it. That's probably what I'm happiest about tech-wise this year. Well, Sam and I actually uh, had a quick discussion. We haven't really brought it all together yet, but we were thinking of trading logic files and creating songs that way, which... uh, 
Uh, I, I too have pretty much every Apple product or category other than the HomePod, which uh, is way too expensive here in Canada. It's $450. Woof. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but I, I have an iPad, I have an iPhone, an Apple Watch, an iMac, an Apple TV. We have, I even have an Apple router. I have AirPods. Uh, the list goes on. I think I like Apple too, Sam. And uh, they've, they've done well this year. Uh, a few little hiccups here and there. Uh, where's air power? We don't know yet, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with how things are going. Uh, Brian, how are you? Uh, so first things first, Sam. I'm disappointed you didn't talk about your brush with greatness this year. Um, what Apple related? What did I do? Oh, the fact that Tim Cook didn't come to my store. Yes, I know. <laughs> It was which yeah. literally was like my I was like hanging onto my phone just waiting oh, for no. updates. Oh no, I don't think I ever updated you guys on that. Well, uh, I figured your lack of updates was because it didn't happen. Oh yeah, yeah. I was t- so there's a school here in in Idaho um or well there's a town. And in that town there is a school and the school is called Wilder <laughs> Wilder Elementary and the town is called Wilder and they have an amazing tech forward program that was instituted under uh I think it was President Obama's what's it called connected or included it's it's a program on using technology in uh education more and Wilder is in the middle of nowhere. So it's really astounding that they implemented this full program wherein instead of having any physical paperwork, everything is a cloud-based system. All the kids had iPads, all the the teachers have computers. And Tim Cook and someone else went and checked <laughs> and just like checked in and saw how how things were going. And Wilder is about 45 minutes away from Boise, but we're the nearest major airport. And I figured there was a chance that he was just going to pop in. And I, like I said to, to, um, the the gang here in the group chat i brushed my teeth three times that three times that morning and i almost threw up on my way to work i was so nervous and then he he didn't even show so i was pretty sad on that what's this kids with a cellular phone introducing amigo from cantel we're sorry the number you have dialed is not in service at this time Double Density. Uh, welcome back to Double Density. Um, so uh, I forgot to answer your question, Angelo, and the two things I'm most happy about uh, tech-wise this year are my NES and SNES Classic. Oh, yes. Nice. So the Classic consoles um, fill a void in my heart. The, yes, I know I can build a Raspberry Pi, but it's always nice to have an officially branded product and not have to worry about um, config and things like that. And you can uh, jailbreak them and kind of do what you want with them, too, I which agree. I plan on doing in 2019. Oh, you mean like kind of like Angelo here? You know? Shh, don't. <laughs> the feds are listening. Are the feds listening? No, do the feds listen? I literally to wrote a, an article on our website about the retro pie. It's not, it's not a secret, <laughs> uh, but I love the idea that they're they're officially branded. And if at the time I ordered the retro pie, we knew they were actually going to come to Quebec uh, because there were all those rumors saying that we wouldn't get it here because of some sort of weird French language law. But we ended up getting them anyway. But at that point, I had ordered my retro pie and I've been enjoying it. My son actually, even though he has brand new Switch games to play, he'll say, Daddy, can I play Mega Man on retro pie? No, oh, perfect. Nice. Yeah. To me, the other thing too that I, I sort of, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the SNES Classic I actually bought at the Nintendo store um, in New York. Uh, which kind of has like a, a really weird, like sentimental kind of value to me beyond of like trying to find it at like a local Walmart. So it's kind of cool to visit there, um, uh, see tons of like weird and wondrous uh, Nintendo properties uh, on T-shirts, on socks, on hats, and things like that. So that was kind of cool. Uh, my my kids would lose 
Oh, their for minds. sure. And you'd lose your wallet. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Like, what, what, were there any like technological advances or things in 2018 that you really um, found yourself enjoying or like wanting to participate in? Well, the first thing that happened this year, tech, tech wise, was um, I was ganged up on by a group of friends. <laughs> and. I was coerced into buying an iPhone 8. (laughs) And I have to say right now, I I do enjoy the iPhone 8. Uh, The reason I I think I enjoy it the most is that iPhone 8 runs like non-iPhone apps better than Android devices. So I have that going for it. I don't use a lot of actual Apple apps. Like I, I I don't use many, but I I am enjoying this. Um, I'm kind of glad that you all bullied me into getting it. Um, <laughs> our pleasure, Rob. It was yeah. Our pleasure. I I don't know if it'll go beyond <laughs> the phone, but you never know. Baby uh, steps, real big um, baby steps. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that uh, I got, and I I have issues with it, but. I, I really enjoy it just because uh, it was kind of a, a name brand uh, in my house growing up. Uh, I bought a pair of, of Bose noise cancellation headphones, and hell I, yeah, I, I love nice. the hell out of them. They they're nice, they're comfortable. I'm pretty sure I have tinnitus because of them now, and <laughs> but I love them so much. Uh, definitely a, a great purchase this year. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a good pair of headphones to listen to great music. True. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, maybe listen to the Double Density podcast or ah. the Not Alone podcast. Oh. You know, Endearing himself here. Oh, yeah. You get to hear all the great compressor work that goes into our podcast. I get to hear intimately that compressor work you do, <laughs> Angelo, all the time. Uh, okay, let's close this chapter and move on to the paranormal <laughs> side of things, because clearly this is going to devolve yet again on this uh, lovingly uh, fun train wreck of an episode, guys. All right, see you there. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So uh, we have one thing on the docket this uh, episode, really, I think. Um, and because you guys don't have a tech podcast, you have a paranormal podcast. Um, and so I'm really interested in figuring out and learning. Like you guys have done a ton of research over 2018. You've put out a bunch of content. So what is the favorite thing you learned about um, in the last like uh, 12 months? I think one of the most mind boggling things is that in the research that I was doing, I was able to pick out a lot of different patterns that nobody really talks about. So I did an episode, two episodes about uh, the 1947 UFO wave that started it off. And one of the things that I did is I looked at the original report that Ted uh, Blecker made in uh, 1967, 20 years after it had all gone down. And one of the, most fascinating things about that report is that over and over again, you would see almost verbatim, like the same reports from people who had never talked about their reports before, but they all had the same hallmarks, which were, they all saw these objects. It was usually um, sometime during the day or it was getting close to dusk. And these objects were generally disc shaped and they saw them from 10 to 15 seconds. So, we all know that means that they were booking it because e- even by today's standards, you see a jet uh, plane in the sky 
it's flying, you know, flying across your horizon, you're going to see it for about, you know, three to four, even five minutes. So, you know, these things are booking it, but these reports kept just popping up and up and up and up and up. And, um, I would say that was probably the one thing that fascinated me the most because people don't talk about that kind of stuff. It's the stuff that people don't talk about that really drove me uh, this year, uh, especially with the podcast. That's a really interesting. That's a great, great uh, answer. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Yeah, that is much better than anything I have to say. So uh, I'm going to say same as you, Rob. Same as you, my friend. Yeah, ditto. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think for me, there's been a bunch of really interesting things. And I think Angela will agree. We um, did a whole episode about the Raelians, which was kind of fascinating because I knew something about them, but I didn't really know much about them and finding out um, that they existed globally. And then finding out that they had like a defunct, like um, pseudo amusement park slash like information center that closed down. And like, there's a bunch of stuff there that was super, super fun to, to learn about. Um, I also think learning about um, what was that, that Harold put off? Um, uh, a report with the dinosaur and the, the, like the warp. What was it like? Oh the, yeah. The, it was hmm. like a, it was like a dimensional kind of yes, door yeah. and there's <laughs> yes. a guy and he's waving to a dinosaur. Yes, and the dinosaur's waving back. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So that was like an, an official slash semi official, like um, government report. So that was kind of really fun to, to see. <laughs> um, it was about like warp drives and dark energy, I think. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Yep. With the funny, uh, with was. the funny images oh of what's going to yeah, happen exactly. in New York, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, there's also the idea of uh, dunking on flat earthers because why not? Nice. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, I I want to say from a listener perspective, the most fascinating and amazing thing that I learned about this year is just about Andrew D. Basiago and how Andrew crazy that man is. <laughs> how our future president talked to Barack Obama as he was younger on you Mars. You mean Barry Soatero. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, get it right, guys. Get it right. <laughs> get it right. Same difference. Same difference. But <laughs> that I, I don't think I've laughed much harder to an episode of a podcast than I did to that this year. Thank you, my good friend. I do have to say also, Sam, your uh, Cold War series like that came out really recently. So much fun. Super long. I feel like you kept damning yourself as you continued <laughs> to lengthen the number of episodes you needed to cover it. That's uh, fair. But that was like a pretty comprehensive way of covering things. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That, that is a dark spot on my memory and my shame, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> what about you, Angela? What did you learn this year that you uh, didn't prepare yourself to learn? In preparation to my trip to Disney World, we decided to do an episode about that. And all the weird stuff surrounding Disney World just itself, never mind all the weird stuff about Disney himself and uh, being frozen on ice or whatever, I don't think that's actually happened. But just the way it was set up and the the real stuff, like, for example, how they use force perspective to make things look mm. bigger, all the different colors they use to make things stand out and not stand out. Uh, but also the bizarre abandoned parks that are just within this area of Florida and how gigantic Disney World actually is. Um, who knew that every time we were on a boat going from one place to another, we were passing by this bizarre abandoned animal place called, uh, what was it called? An- a Treasure Island or something? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it was just very strange to learn about those things. And then never mind all the weird stuff about the ley lines and how Disney World is possessed and all that strange <laughs> stuff. 
<laughs> oh, before I forget, uh, Rob, one of my favorite episodes is when you did Everything is Coming Up Clown Pants. <laughs> like your very candid discussion about like MUFON and like a lot of like the the issues um, present in ufology which I feel you laid out very succinctly and I thought that was like a really good way of like if anyone wants to learn more about the mechanics and the processes by which people um, sort of report on UFOs and collect information about UFOs I feel like that is a really good place to start yeah it's a heavily flawed system and you could tell just from the start, not to, not just because they have the most antiquated system I have ever seen. Oh God. You have, yeah, you have, um, a group of investigators that aren't on the same page. Some of them don't even fill out reports. Some of them come jump to wild conclusions. There was one woman, I won't name her, I, but she would go through every single rational explanation, point to one, and then mark it unknown. I'm like, <laughs> are you are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? I do want to call out one person. They were my hero. Every time I looked at those reports when I was a, a part of the internal review board with Sam and Marie and and Chris, and it's Eric Hartwig, the state director from MUFON. That guy has got his stuff together. He fills out his reports right. He follows up with witnesses. He even goes back when he gets a case that seems similar or echoes another case from a few years ago, and he follows up with it. He is damn good at what he does. And and it's a field that needs more of that. And the one problem that I have with the investigators that are out there today is that not all of them are the Leo Sprinkles. Not all of them are the Jalen Hynix. Not all of them are these guys that would just drop everything to go investigate a UFO report. And I get that. It's expensive. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have this umbrella network of people at your disposal, and they're not even on the same page. Mm. That's a problem. Right. Yeah, yeah. That that's always been an issue with uh, ufology is all the infighting, and uh, it's almost. I, I think I've equated it a few times to like fanboys and console wars, like of the the mid nineties, and how you know it's either my way, every other way is the wrong way, no yeah. matter what. They don't really look at the evidence presented. Mm-hmm. And uh, one question for you: Does Mufon still use faxes? You know, they probably stu- do still have facts. I guarantee you one of the state branches has a fax. Somebody's yeah, got a fax. For sure, yeah. But um, the the guy at uh, uh, New Fork, he definitely has a fax. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the things I loved very selfishly, uh, Sam, was uh, your uh, Post Malone adjacent yes. adventures. Posty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My man. Those were so fun. <laughs> I love Postman. Just the idea of the Divic box. Like, I just, I love the idea that, like, that led you down that, that rabbit hole all the way. Like, and that was like a two parter. It was so amazing. Yeah. To you know, that's really that. So, as I've alluded to a few times, 2018 was the year of me stopping caring, but not in like, <laughs> not in like a way that happens near the end of a show's life where the host has lost interest and he can't be bothered. I stopped caring in that I stopped putting such, heavy like 
restrictions on what I let myself do shows on and how we conducted ourselves in the episode to the point where we've gotten an uptick in the last few months of people saying like, oh, you guys are hilarious. Oh, I laughed really hard at this. This was really funny. Wherein like if <laughs> if I had, when I started the show, if people were laughing, uh, it meant that like I was not doing my job and I wasn't bringing them to the place where I wanted to bring them. But through this like, loosening of the the proverbial belt it's just really reinvigorated like my joy in the show and the dybbuk box is a, a huge indicator of that the fact that we literally did that just to talk about post malone and it actually turned out to be yeah a two-parter and and something big um for myself personally i would say that like what i've loved the most this year is looking and returning to subjects that I knew about in passing and learning more about them. So like when I started the show, I had a list of like 20 or 30 episodes that I I had to do and that we had to get done. And that list took me pretty much right until before the end of 2017. And that was about the time where I stopped knowing what we were going to be talking about the next week. I think the last time that that really happened was like the Dover Demon. That was the last subject I think I plucked from my list of um, of, of stuff that I knew that we needed to talk about. And then from there, I discovered a whole lot of new stuff but I also looked closer at certain subjects that I hadn't given the time of day before. Things like, especially, uh, the masks, the lead masks of Moro do Vintem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Toynbee tiles. And these were two things that I thought could be just quickly attributed to people being weird. And especially the Toynbee tiles, I found mountains of context and a real life mystery that, that like, was just thrilling to watch through documentaries and through different research, watch other people solve. It was astounding. And so that's really what I've loved the most this year is, is learning that the, not to sound like freaking a guy off of, not to sound, <laughs> not to sound like Fox Mulder, <laughs> but learning that the paranormal is all around us all the time. And while I've gotten a lot more skeptical in my own way this year, it's it's made it that the things I believe, I believe more strongly than ever. The things that have stood up against those tests of time, they they are loud and vibrant and bright, and they stand alone now, as opposed to just being one of a few different shady, like, oh, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was that sort of a thing. Right. That's a very interesting concept, and I kind of want to throw it out to, to you, Rob, and to you, Angelo, as you continue to do research, as you continue to learn more and more. Do you feel yourself being guided towards more skepticism or do you feel like you kind of like loosened up a bit towards things that you initially um, were skeptical about? Well, okay. So as the resident, most skeptical person here, (laughs) uh, I feel like I've worked on you. Yeah, you've worked on me. I'm still really skeptical of everything, but having been able to talk to you about this stuff and then Rob and Sam and a lot of other people we've talked to, I do see it from a different point of view because, uh, you guys are nut jobs, right? Like you're, you're, well. both, you're all, you're all very, <laughs> you're very intelligent people that look at this stuff from maybe a different perspective than I do, but you're also not coming at it with, without facts. Like you present things 
very carefully and make me not necessarily completely believe, but understand why people think the way they do about these things. And talking about like organizing the podcast and stuff like that, and Brian and I have sort of like settled into this thing where we we too have a list, Sam, like we had a list of, of stuff we wanted to do. And then we kind of settle on this format where Brian would find the articles, uh, especially in the paranormal side of stuff that's been going on. And we just kind of riff on that and it takes us to different places. Then we do have our standalone episodes where a lot of research is done, mm-hmm. mostly by Brian, uh, into stuff like the Da Vinci Code. And we looked at uh, the UFO cults. Um, anything else Actually, you really looked into we- hugely, Brian? One of the more interesting things, and I think that like it's an episode that we got a lot of of traction on in terms of like people reaching out to us was uh, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago about exorcisms and the rise of exorcisms in the United States. Mm. And it was like a, almost like a very deeply personal kind of conversation that we had. And we've had a lot of people come up to us and email us and send us DMs and tweeted us and saying that it was a very interesting way that we had handled it because a lot of people tend to just blanket yes or no it. Whereas like we, there's a lot of like gray going on there. So I feel like that was one of those episodes where we did a ton of research and then we presented it in a certain way. And you and I kind of came to an agreement towards how we wanted to handle it um, uh, differently than a lot of other like morning zoo style podcasts may have done it. Mm. Yeah, we usually joke around a lot. And a lot of people don't really want to talk about exorcisms because it is frightening to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a scary subject to broach either way, because I mean, like, the it's terrifying to think that you could lose control of your own body. And for sure, you, you don't know really what the cause is but the 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 underlying thought process is is that it's this external force that can just impede its way into your life and in into sure. your body it's For terrifying sure. to think of well i think the other side of it is that so you do you have the real fear of the real phenomena but what you also have on a <laughs> like on the the typical the Twilight Zone, man's inhumanity to man is the real terror, is like, <laughs> and and this actually happened to us. We've only covered exorcism, I want to say once, because that was more than enough for me. I'm a, yeah. I, I don't think it's a surprise to especially any of my listeners as I say that I'm a pretty religious person. And so even just doing that one episode, it messed with me. But what, yeah. what? got me more than the literal idea of the devil itself is that one of my listeners reached out not to to you know not i don't even know what the purpose behind that reach out was but just to reach out and and mention that like they had grown up in a home where there was a lot of religious fervor in a in a situation that led to wrongful exorcism and led to practices uh, against this individual by the people that they trusted the most because of this fear of demons and and possession. And to me, that's scarier. You know, that is, that is worse. Um, Yeah. And, and that's why in addition to everything, we also got some feedback on that episode that, well, if you're going to sit here and talk about it, just being mental health or this or that, if you don't believe in it, you know, why even talk about it? And it wasn't that we didn't believe in it. It was just that we really wanted to cover everyone's bases, but it's like that, that whole experience made it enough for me. I don't know that we'll ever talk about exorcisms again. Yeah. It would take a lot for us to do that too, I think. Yeah. We kind of, we kind of touched on it the week after, but Mm -hmm. very briefly. 
Right. Um, I I will say I think the best episode of Double Density was the Area 51 This Is Your Life episode. <laughs> I still that love was that bizarre. episode. I love that. It was it, it was ju- it was geniusly done. Mm-hmm. You guys did a hell of a job putting that together. And uh I I laughed and I I just I remember listening to it at work one morning and I was like, oh, this is great. They really, they really knocked (laughs) it out of the park with this one. It was the one and only time Brian gave me a script to read. He's like, here, you're reading this. You got to have those episodes. You got to have those episodes. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like we need to do more of that in the future. And the thing is like, I, Angela and I both enjoy, um, sort of like the, the audio, like post-production stuff. So I feel like 2019, there's going to be a couple of chances. I have a couple of ideas and I, I know that Rob in particular, I've joked to you about like the idea of having my seven hour Nostradamus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> which I feel I might action in on in 2019 and maybe just do it like a seven part bonus and like have unloop all of you guys in, in different ways. Um, I'm not sure we're going to get more than like, like, what like 15 listens max but i i don't care i'm gonna but do it. listen like you 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 have the quatrains i have that book <laughs> that has that dumb art in it that they keep right, they keep can... attributing to nostradamus and i can read these like really dumb descriptions of what Let's i'm looking <laughs> at i think you got something on your hands here and then we can keep emailing john hogue to see if he'll come talk to us he probably won't but like yeah hey, like get uh, that happen. beard get that beard next to a mic right now and let's talk about it Rob, so what about you? Um, I feel you're the remaining question in terms of like skepticism in learning more and more about the UFO phenomenon, the people like where has that led you in the past year? I've reached the point where I've put the skepticism aside for the most part, except for episodes where I've, you know, you know, when we did the UFO book club and, and uh in interviews with other people i've kind of put that aside and said okay well let's take a look at the story what's here what's in the details and like i've come to this point where belief is not something that is integral for me to this phenomenon because for me belief doesn't confirm or deny the existence of it Mm -hmm. it it exists outside of my belief uh, spectrum here. So to me, what's driven me is the stories because they're, they're so fascinating. Like the, the, like Lee Parrish, this 19 year old kid who's leaving his friend's house at one o'clock in the morning in 1977. And he gets abducted, uh, uh, taken on board this UFO. And he's put in front of these three really weird machines and it makes no sense, but at the same time, it's a 19-year-old kid who has, like, nothing to really gain from this. It's it's a wild story, and, and that's what this year has been, is, is a collection of wild stories that kind of allude to something else. And, you know, there's a lot of people looking at that. Yeah. Would you say it's appropriate that kind of treating um, these UFO stories as sort of like a, a type of lore almost? I think so, because like I it's it's almost like uh, there there are people uh, now uh, there's a book coming out in 2019, early 2019, and it re- it explores the religious side of this like this is a, a religion to itself. So, yeah, it kind of uh, it's it's tough because I, I I put myself in the middle of this 
uh, in the middle of all these stories. And at the end of the day, I still don't know what to make of them. They're they're incredible stories. I don't need to believe them. They don't necessarily need to believe them. They happened, or at least they say they Mm -hmm. happened. So for me, it's never going to be about the skepticism now. It's just about the story because if we have the story, you you could take whatever the hell you uh, want away from it. That, that, That doesn't bother me, but it's out there. It exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, there's, there's fun stories like Ed Walters that, you know, we covered <laughs> with, I've covered with Sam and Jason, and I'm pretty sure Jason's scarred for life after that. He's dead. And we still got a part three to do. And, he died um, after that. I forgot to mention. He, he <laughs> well, I mean, like, I didn't expect us to record for three oh hours. I'm God. like, okay. It was wild. Oh, <laughs> Well, I, I kind of had an inkling after I was like, hey, Sam, how long are your scripts usually for <laughs> your show? And you're like, oh, like eight pages. I was like, oh, God, this is 25. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's not my skepticism. It's not my belief. It's what's left over here. Right. And what's left over is fascinating. And it's going to keep driving me to to look into this more. And, and yeah, I'll have opinions about it. But that's not that's all ultimately for me what i am fascinated by yeah one of the some of the most interesting conversations i've had this year have been uh, you and i trying to talk about the ways in which we describe ufos and talk about them and how we kind of need a new framework in which we decide to discuss ufos because it feels like um, a lot of these terms are sort of very, very loaded with the general public, mm-hmm. and we need to move beyond that in order to really comprehensively look at these in different kinds of ways. And unfortunately, like it's either through a scientific lens or through an emotional lens, and it, it's either or. And there's there's not a lot of like both going on. And I feel like we're kind of stuck in the way in which we talk about certain things. I cringe when I hear the word flying saucer or UAP. UAP drives me crazy. Just say UFO. It's fine. Ah, uh, yeah. Remember when Hillary Clinton was like, I'm so cool, because I'll tell the people that we call them UAPs. My problem with UFO is that I think it is so antiquated to the point where like, the the phenomenon has, it's evolved to the point where it's amorphous. It takes on so many different forms to the point where like, it's kind of front loaded. Like, yeah, yeah okay. I can't, I, I like... I, I just ha- I have a big problem with one the the term flying because they're not always flying. Sometimes they're just sitting there on the ground. Sometimes they're in the water. You know what have you? Object seems like a I, I don't know. I, I I that that term that word kind of just makes me a little uneasy when when talking about this because it's so vague, but yet it's like it it almost doesn't seem to fit this. In reality, they're using the term object with one of your with one of your senses, and it's generally your visual sense. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, you might hear something, but that's rare. Mm-hmm. It's really a, a visual medium. And like, I've had conversations with Rich Adam, and he's like, "If you're blind, did you technically have a UFO sighting?" For sure, that's a really good point. Right. Like the close encounter chart is all about sort of like a lot of these visual cues, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and and on the same side, there are, you know, uh, another side of the coin to where, like, when we see these things, we are, we react in a certain way, not necessarily just panic. Like when we talked about 
uh, Mike Clellan going to sleep when he sees five alien beings approaching his his house and it's like, why would you do that? It doesn't make Those sense. Those are but- always the one that that get me are the abnormal human response. You know, if you tell me that you freak out, I understand. I'm freaking out too, just listening to it. But for somebody to, or even I just mentioned it with uh, Orfeo Angelucci, who has the wildest story, but for him to be describing, instead of focusing on the things that he saw and heard, to be focusing on the the feelings that he felt that were different from anything he had ever felt before, that sort of aberration is what seals certain stories for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in that contactee age, he's, he's definitely stands out. Like, mm-hmm. every other contactee is just kind of like, almost just like, symbol of like the normal person like here's like the perfect person to come down and 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 talk to and interact with that aliens you know take me to your leader kind of thing right he's he's the guy and then orfeo angelucci he's this flawed person who you know has you know medical problems and uh you know he he has uh, you know, like impure thoughts at one point. He's very human in his interactions, uh, you know, with the with these beings. So, like, I that's always been one, um, one story that I've you know gravitated to. Not to mention his books are pretty buck wild. <laughs> They're fun. They're fun. They're wild. Well, so sort of coming back to a sec, so we're talking about the delicate way in which we talk about exorcisms. Um, is there anything that you guys just will not touch? Stan Romanek. Oh, f- <laughs> for sure. Yes, 100%. Like, I, I, last episode I did, I said, this is the only time I will mention him n- never again. Like, yeah. I, yeah. the ones that, like, just don't deserve the time. Like, I, I bat around the idea of, like, Billy Meyer, like, because I right. I don't really want to do an episode on him because to me he is the UFO equivalent to Scientology. He really is. Yeah. Other than that, it's um, it it kind of depends on the way you frame it because you could make fun of Ed Walters all day long, and it doesn't get old because when you read his book, it is buck wild. It is it it's insane, and it's easy to poke fun of, you know, fuck, poke fun at, um, there, there are a few others, but, uh, the nice thing about ufology for the most part is there isn't a lot of stuff that I avoid, even like the Antonio VS Boa stuff, which is, you Oh know, yeah. It, it, it treads into, you know, a different territory and, and there are similar cases like that, but, um, yeah, thankfully in this, in this subject, not a lot of that. What about you, Sam? For me, I it, it's part of that loosening of 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 my own expectations to where before I would never ever cover someone who I thought was not being honest or cover somebody who I thought was wrong. Even if I thought they were being honest, I wouldn't really give them the time if what they were saying didn't make sense to me and I didn't at least believe it. And then I found the joy and it really came through to begin with um, Jason's conspiracies. He just doesn't understand starting of course with uh, the reptilian conspiracy theory and then moving the David Ike stuff. Yeah, David oh Ike and then moving to Andrew DiBasiago. I <sighs> found a joy in 
madness and in in not not trying to lampoon where where there's no need to but for someone like David Icke who seems to be a true charlatan or or racist or both it's like yeah him I'm fine with Andrew DiBasiago we poked fun but I tried to avoid disparaging and and referring to him as anything less than a, a human being you know and so well, I think that's the thing is like if you uh, if these are baseless accusations, that's one thing. But if you kind of thread a narrative in a certain way where you open the door to allowing yourself a certain amount of that, then I think it's it's tasteful and can be done. It can be. And it's it's so the first I guess the first part of it is anything wherein I end up like hurting, I guess hurting would be the word, or just attacking people, right? I never want to put myself in a situation. There are subjects that like aren't necessarily well suited to my show, but I could make them work. But they, the people involved in it, this is very vague. The people involved in these things, like I can't defend them. I just think they're idiots. And I, and I know that they're honest. I know that they're genuine and true believers, but I think they're the stupidest of people. And so that's where I just don't want to get into it. Cause I never want someone to be like, what the, why is, you know, why are you being mean? I never want to be mean. There's no, no point yeah, or that's, place that's for that. That's a good way of thinking of it. And then the other thing is uh, on sliding more towards religion. Even when we did our episode on the jinn, I was terrified that I was going to speak out or, or that somebody was going to come to me and say, you know, one way or the other, either, uh, you know, you've, you've done a poor job portraying Arabic and Islamic culture um, in a way that's offended someone, or even worse, the other side of that. And and I just didn't want to get too close to anyone's heart, I guess. And so that's where going forward, I know a lot of people do episodes on angelic encounters. There's one subject that has continually brought up time and time and time again, and that's the Fatma uh, apparition. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I right. want it. I need it. But I'm worried about doing that kind of a stuff because I don't want to hit too close to the things that people hold dear. So we'll see. And and that's why I try my best to avoid as much as I can. And if I can't avoid it, to at least balance it both ways. I mean, you'll you may remember in the Jin episodes, I made a few different points of the the way how the different belief systems of the world and their their backing mythologies or or customs are very similar as opposed to being as right. different as we think they are but at the end of the day even if no one speaks out against me the anxiety of it all for those 2 or 3 weeks is just unbearable for sure just waiting for that for shoe sure. to drop FYI, the third secret of Fatima is actually uh, the KFC special uh, secret recipe. God. So I need, no! I need it, <laughs> Brian. Just um, I undermined your entire point there, Sam. My I, I will say the one thing that has enraged me most uh, about doing the podcast was when I had Mike DeMonte on and I briefly mentioned Fox news and all of a sudden I get slandered <laughs> as a oh. freaking political podcast. Yeah. I was furious because that, that that's not a political podcast. It's, no. it's a brief mention of, of uh, Fox news as being this 
kind of news network and and it, it, at least as uh one you know fox news uh you know anchor out, Rob. talking out. about you know actually perpetually talking about ufos since the uh, uh glowing auras and black money or uh, uh, you know uh article came out like right. it was a legitimate question and it wasn't even answered in a negative way but all of a Rob. sudden you get labeled a political political You're political going political down the river, it's like Rob, come I on. can't I can't hear you anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, so two last questions before i end things um i'm kind of curious the first one is very quick yes no uh to the stars 2019 is stepping up or stepping out stepping down everyone needs to step down and if they're gonna do anything they need to start again boom rob i know uh just you know from the last uh shareholders meeting that they had i know it's coming down the pipeline for me, I have removed myself from To The Stars Academy. I've removed myself from Jeremy Corbell. I've removed <laughs> myself from all of these people that are trying to control the field right now and understanding that it's a lot more broad than them. It's yeah. not just a, a documentary about Bob Lazar, which I still have not seen, and I probably am going to hold it off as long as I can, just when you, I was planning on watching it, um, like in the immediate future. And I was kind of hoping you would too, but it's just like a heavy anyways, like this is a whole other topic for like an entire episode we could deal with because I've followed the Bob Lazar story for a long time. And it's funny to see a lot of people now come to the table who are very new to the subject and kind of, um, take newer evidence as gospel, just as like a quick aside before you continue onwards about, um, these people who dominate the field. Yeah, no, no, it it is interesting. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the things that Jeremy Corbell has talked about is that you have a new generation of people coming to the story of Blah Bazaar. But do you have a new generation of people talking about the disinformation that was just floating around in the 80s that they these young people don't know about? They don't they don't know about Paul Benowitz. They yeah. don't know about uh, Richard Doty and Afosi and all of the stuff that they put out there that was false. And I, I think the single thing that frustrates me most is when people take UFO mythology over the stories of these people and, and, and push. And that's what pushes the field. I back in, in March, when we did the UFO book club and Brian, you brought up that question, like if J. Allen Hynek were alive today, what would he say about the field of ufology? I still feel the same way because I still feel like we're pushing the same different, same stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a book coming out in January. It's called American cosmic UFOs, religion and technology uh, by Diana Pasolka from all the reviews that I've heard, like this is something new. It's definitely, it's kind of almost in the, uh, the Jeffrey Kripal and Whitley Strieber kind of area where, you know, the, the religious aspect, we're looking at the religious aspect and, and, and there's other stuff in it, but I think that's going to be kind of a, a game changer. And like, we need, uh, new ways to look at this thing because, 100% agree. Because it's clear that the ways that we've been talking about it, the ways that we've been looking at it, have not given us answers at all. So, push the new stuff. I'm not worried about T 
to the STARS Academy of Arts and Sciences. Angelo, stepping up or stepping out this year? Last year at this time, we had so much about them. Mm-hmm. That New York Times article had come out. People were talking about them. Uh, things were looking up. Here we are one year later, and things are looking really down. So I'm not sure if they're going to take more of a backseat role and kind of work on things and make sure that what they do present is like slam dunk stuff. But I, I'm I'm not I don't think they're going anywhere. I just think they'll be quieter this year. Mm. You think so? Aren't they like like filming a movie? It, they are. They have the uh, Secret Machines documentary that they've there been we working go. That's on. It. Um, there's going to be more books, the Adam project. They're saying they're going to be making an announcement sometime this year. Um, I don't remember all of the points because they were just bullet points that I saw shared in another group, but, uh, I don't think they're going to be quiet. I think they're going to be, you know, out there more than ever this year. Well, Tom DeLonge is going to have a show on TBS. I think I can't remember the name of it right now. Yeah. Strange, strange times. It's going to be. It's going to be an animated series that's based on a um, graphic novel and novel series that uh, he is co-written. Um, so, yeah, you've got that. That's going to start developing. So let me revise that. They will not be quiet. This year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final question for you all. Uh, kind of like a personal question. Uh, I discussed this earlier with wanting to get rid of Facebook. Do you have any like personal or professional resolutions you plan on taking in 2019, either for yourself, your podcast, uh, anything else around you? I want to concentrate more on music, listening to more music, playing more music. Um, I've been enjoying at work lately because as I've mentioned many times, we opened, we went to an open office and I, uh, can't really feel like podcasts block out enough. So I listen to less podcasts at work and I've been listening to a lot more music, uh, blasting in my ears, but I'm, and I'm making a more concerted effort to really improve my, uh, jazz piano skills as, uh, as horrible as that sounds to you, non jazz guys. And of course, more compressors for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to your presets, my friend. My goal is less compressors for my podcast. But beyond that, (laughs) uh, I I have some personal goals. Like for one thing, my wife, um, my big quote unquote big present for Christmas this year is an eight volume set on theology, ranging from like Augustine uh, up to... Not the modern day, but the eighteen nineteen hundreds. So it's my personal like preference or or commitment to myself that I'm going to make it through all of that. We'll see if I do. But beyond that, I think it it really comes down to on the show is this this line kicked up in my head, um, which is Joseph Campbell said it, the great mythologist and and just general guy who understood human beings quite well. And he said that the birth of a religion is heresy and the death of a religion is orthodoxy. And I'm trying to apply that again to my show and saying, if I want my show to continue to thrive, I need to continually be saying, well, I never would have done that a year ago and then say, good, do it now. Um, And so really that's my only professional, quote unquote professional, (laughs) this is a hobby, um, (laughs) Uh, goal which is just continue to push myself into new ways of doing my show rob what about you so aside from the fact that 2018 
good year for the podcast. 2018, uh, for the rest of it, at least for me, was a pile of garbage. Um, it's, and I don't want to get too personal here, but I lost my mom and, and the road back from that has been difficult. I forced myself to do the last episode that I did just because I, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do that. So for me, for 2019, what I did is I wrote down eight things that I wanted to accomplish. One of them was read more. One of them was write more. One of them was lose weight. One of them was uh, to get this podcast uh, back to a point where I would be satisfied with it. It's going to go through changes. Uh, it's not going to come back probably at least until June, uh, until I get it to the point where I like it. But uh, for me, 2018 or 2019 is all about uh, change and 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 how I keep myself going. So uh, for the, for the podcast, um, it's it's gonna a lot of changes are coming. So hopefully uh, more positive things uh, are going to come from uh, this year. I love it. One of the actually one of the the funniest and funnest things I'm actually excited about is you and I, Rob, had a very quick conversation, but we might be doing like an in-person thing about Betty and Barney Hill. Like we might drive out to the marker and like kind of explore the incident, like in a geographical kind of sense. And I feel like it's that is a project I'm super into. Angela, you can sit in the backseat if you want. Great. <laughs> I'll be backseat driving the whole way there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be fun uh, to do that. And like, um, you know, it, it'd also be cool to um, go check out their collection at, uh, I forget what university it's at, but they're the university is nearby. Oh, yeah. Chris, yeah, Chris yeah. I think is gone there. Chris Cogswell. So um, yeah, definitely got that to look forward to this summer. I actually have a, a place we might be able to stay at. Uh, the person doesn't listen to the podcast, so they have no idea I'm inviting themselves <laughs> over. Um, but hey, uh, thanks, guy. <laughs> uh, so for people who have never listened to your podcast, where can they find you? You can find us everywhere. Uh, we are on iTunes at Not Alone. We're on Facebook, Not Alone Podcast. We have a, a Facebook group. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and not really Instagram. Uh, but yeah, just wherever podcasts are found, just search Not Alone, uh, and you'll see this dope-ass logo that my sister made. It's a wolf howling in a moon, but it is the moon. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rob? So, you can find uh, the back catalog for the Our Strange Skies podcast anywhere you get podcasts now. Uh, when you search for it, you will find this dope gray logo that was designed by Sam's sister <laughs> and <laughs> and you'll find about 30 some odd episodes uh with you know all everybody on this on this call is on a few of them and uh you know if you enjoy Rich Adam over at uh on the Astonishing Legends podcast guess what I got him for like 2 hours talking about alien abductions it's fun so good so good yeah yeah, it was it was fun to do. Uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, just search our strange skies. You'll find us. And if you want to send a spam email or tell me that the uh, aliens want to contact me, our strange skies <laughs> at gmail.com. What about if people have uh, opinions on Fox News? Um, you can fax them. Um, <laughs> great. I look forward to your uh, functional fax machine in 2019, Rob. 
Well, you know what? Uh, I think I, I think I've got uh, a lead on a used one, so <laughs> I'm gonna set that up soon. Don't worry. If you want to fax me, that's fine. Um, I'm probably just gonna, you know. I kind of want to have a back and forth just by facts, you know, I think it'll, <laughs> oh, that's think a it'll good make news resolution. Yeah. Uh, oh, the only thing is, one. you know, how much ink and toner am I going to use? That's going to be a lot, right, but right. I, I think we could keep this chain facts going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely do think that it is uh, a really good idea and people can uh, find us at uh, double uh on Twitter, double underscore density. You can pretty much find us anywhere on the internet as uh, Sam was alluding to uh, before. <laughs> yeah. And, and our, our logo was not made uh, by Sam's sister. Well, if no, you want to change no. that, you let me uh, know. She's always accepting new commissions. <laughs> <laughs> and with any luck, we'll yes. have a UFO book club coming up in the next couple of months, guys. Uh, I would love crossed. that. Yeah, yeah, we got we got to make that happen <laughs> once again. Like uh, the invitation obviously is extended to Jason Sam, but I don't think he can take us on it. He's a rat. I don't think he's guy. forgiven me since. Uh, we did the, since they did the talking stove episode right. or the Ed Walter stuff. <laughs> he hasn't like, forgiven I you am, since the first time I said your name on our podcast. Although I can't remember when. Oh, that the was. Mojave That's incident. That's right. It yeah. was the Mojave incident. He has not forgiven. Where he was you trying to, you know, get that. Yeah, he was trying to get that Vaseline sponsorship. Vicks Vapor Rub. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Vicks Vapor Rub. That's it. <laughs> I I have a, a theory. <laughs> yeah. And oh boy. Sam's good at voices. He can easily do a, a California guy voice. So I think Sam is Jason. That's a you think terrible so? theory. So he records the podcast once and then like does it oh, over that'd again? That'd be hardcore. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> He's really good at it. Like I, I envision it like, uh, like uh, the way that uh, Linkin Park recorded albums, you know, oh. where everybody just did their individual parts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be amazing. Actually, so uh, in a previous podcast, uh, uh, someone had lost their audio file. So instead of like kind of piecing themselves in, they did a weird director's commentary over <laughs> the track of like, oh, this is where I was supposed to say this. It was the most surreal That's experience. Amazing. So I feel like maybe Sam yeah. slowly but surely in his Jason persona is getting. I love that. that. I love that. Yep. Wow. Uh, I like how we're ending things here on episode 80 of the Double Density podcast with a conspiracy theory homegrown. Mm. Uh, yes. One of our friends. Thanks, Angelo. Like that's definitely how we want to end things. <laughs> this is a good way to start the year. Happy yeah. New Year! Yeah. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, friends! Happy New Year! Uh, by the way, I am willing to give out Angelo's uh, phone number if you want to text him. Happy oh hell New Year. yeah! Uh, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Sam, Rob, it's been a pleasure as always. It always feels like oh, like home almost, like talking to you guys. Like it's very uh, relaxing and very like freeing to talk to you guys. As well, I don't feel that way at all. So. <laughs> It feels it feels as comfortable as any of the kitchens on the Food Network on any of those Whoa. shows. It, I just feel at home. Thank in you. Those. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I love spending uh, time with you guys. And Angela, I guess I will see you like around. I guess that's the plan, right? Yes. Anyways, uh, with that, I feel like we should end things here before we just start yelling out topics. Fair, fair. <laughs> and as is custom for when we get together. I would like to just say, before we end here, you're all disinformation oh, no. agents, and I know exactly <laughs> what you're on about. Thank you very much. I see through your lies! <laughs> Sam, you've probably been saving that yeah, for dude, weeks. I, if yeah. you can't tell, I was building it up. Yeah. I'm mistrusting of all of you. Uh, I... <laughs> I haven't met two out of the three of you, and even the third one who I've met, 
I'm still wondering what your deal is. So, uh, yeah, maybe Angela, you are the disinformation. Angelo is the disinformation. Like time, I, I didn't recognize you in the street. <laughs> yes, because exactly. sure. you weren't programmed properly to recognize me. So, yeah, and like you so naturally pull off the uh, RCMP officer from the Falcon <laughs> Lake incident, like so well. So, you are definitely the disinformation, Angela. <sighs> we knew it. Anyways, guys, I'm going to hit pause here. It's been a pleasure. One last time. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>